0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the coaching podcast from British Canoeing. Hi, welcome to the British Canoeing Awarded Body uh, Coaching Podcast. My, I'm Lee Pooley, head of coaching uh, for British Canoeing, and as you all may already might know, is this mini series is aimed at exploring with highly experienced coaches their thoughts and approaches to how they decide on what to coach or focus on in a particular coaching intervention. I'm really pleased today to be uh, to be joined by Jenna. Um, Jenna is uh, a very highly experienced and established coach. Um, and I've had the pleasure of doing several courses with her over the years and uh, working also as a national coach uh, for British Canoeing. So welcome Jenna. Hello. So Jenna, before we get stuck into this, uh, getting stuck into this topic, I think it'd be really good if you can just give a bit of a, a background on yourself, a bit background on your coaching, a background on how you got into coaching and paddle sport.
1: Great, okay, so uh, so I've been paddling for about 20 odd years now. Um, I, I got into paddling at uni, I just joined the University Canoe Club because it looked like fun and, and got into whitewater kayak and playing polo um, really enjoyed polo particularly, did that for quite a while um, and as I, as I sort of went through university I ended up uh, on the committee as president of the, the club and thought I probably ought to know how to coach so um, <laughs> so I toddled off to my back in the day BCU level two coach training course and, and my career kind of went from there, it, it was at a centre local to here and, and the centre manager just said, um, Do you fancy a job? You yeah, know, part time freelancing. I thought, yeah, I kind of do actually. I need a bit of extra cash. So uh, so I got my qualification and, and started working just freelance coaching um, and absolutely loved it. And it was a bit of a, a career changing moment in that I realised that I really enjoyed that so much more than I enjoyed what I was doing um, properly for a degree. So um, biology degree kind of um, is has been ignored ever since and um, I've been, um, yeah, paddling for a living, which is pretty cool, really. It's the um, best job in the world, I think.
0: Well, I, I, I cannot disagree there at all, Jenna. Is I do think it's uh, one of the best jobs in the world, um, um, coaching, coaching other people. And I think... Um, I think what would be really good to, to know is, you know, you, you made reference to obviously um, going to university, yeah, you know, polo and whitewater and decided to do your British Canoe Union Level 2 and then got into the sort of the freelance market working, uh, working for a, a centre. Um, so where, where are you now with your coaching? Because you, you're, not, you're not still at that centre, are you?
1: No. So um, I sort of fast forward a couple of years, ended up managing a different centre. Um, did that for for quite a long time um, and and in the process i, I got my qualifications a bit um, higher up i started running coach education courses um, and um, somewhere along the line came canoeing and supping um, and and i also realized that actually coach education and running those courses and coach development is by far the, the was most enjoyable the the bit of my job um, I love bringing on our younger staff and helping them um, with their paddling and with their coaching. Um, and I really enjoyed the, the slightly more theoretical side to, to coaching and to understanding the background to it. And they've been able to bring that to life a little bit. So, so I realised towards the end of 2018, eighteen, I'd centre management had run its course. I'd done what I could do. And, um, and I really wanted to be in a situation where I could run a lot more courses being out there rather than sat behind the desk helping other people to be running courses. Mm. So uh, so I um, went on my own. I left at the end of 2018. Had a bit of a break. Went to America <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Came back with a, with a clear head and started up my business, um, which is Flying Gecko. And have been doing that ever since, which is really, really cool. That's
0: that's brilliant. And you know, I think what will be really useful is as we get into these subjects. Is you know now you've got your own company, you've you've got your own probably uh, you've got your own clientele. What does your clientele typically look like at, at present?
1: So a lot of my work is coach education. So running coach award particularly um cause and discipline specifics um in sheltered water and then canoe disciplines and some stand up as well um, and there's also a, a chunk of coaching and um, so i'll have people just come usually for very specific reasons which i think makes me lucky um, in answering your next question <laughs> okay. Okay. and and yeah and leadership as well um, I'm incredibly lucky that at about the same time as I started my business, um, British Canoeing were recruiting for national trainers and I was really excited to get one of those positions. And, and I absolutely love helping new providers and current providers in their development as well.
0: Brilliant. And, um, and British Canoeing Awarding Body are, are keeping you busy as well as the, as the new chair of the uh, of the two canoe uh, technical group, so uh, congratulations on that Excellent. one. Thank um, you very much. We're probably going to delve back into some of this coach education and leader, uh, leader, leader education, leader courses a little bit later. Um, but what I would like to do is sort of you know let's 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 talk about your coaching philosophy, where it is now, and and whether it's matured and and anything significant, anything significant along your way of you say twenty years. Um, <laughs> anything significant that made any particular changes to your philosophy?
1: So that's a really good question. My philosophy at the moment is absolutely in flux um, and I think always will be. Um, But it's based around um, the way I want to project myself onto the world and and how I want people to see me effectively. So it's about working together with people to find solutions for them rather than being in charge um, it's about working in partnership um, with kindness and with positivity and with a lack of ego so that people go away from a coaching session with me feeling that they're awesome not that i am um, and and really making sure that i'm a part of a long-term development so i'm i'm just playing a small part here and helping them on their way mm. rather than becoming a dependent sort of coaching relationship
0: okay so that's where you are now and i think that's really lovely articulating and i, and I knew you would be in in that particular frame Jenna, of, of really well articulating where you are at the moment and it's quite you know interesting to use the influx word but it's about developing solutions together and you know working as a collaborative has it always been that way
1: um I think that has evolved um, and I think that that comes with experience as much as anything. It, I think it's almost harder to to feel to work like that. It's a lot easier to turn up and go, I know what I'm doing. Listen to me than it is to turn up and go. I don't know what the answer is going to be today, but between us, we'll work it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think it comes with a certain Amount of time and therefore the confidence that comes with that, mm. um, and so I think certainly when I was first coaching, I was probably instructing, not coaching, um, and and yeah, I think you, you have to evolve, don't you? You have mm. to take on new information and you have to change your mind, and you have to have the ability to look back and go, well, actually, what I've been doing might not be the best um, for my students and what can I
0: change mm. okay. and question for you about your coaching philosophy you know, you know I'm completely bought into it Jenna but does it conflict any any way of delivering British canoeing courses because you know there is a set syllabus there is a set program um I should know I I help write them <laughs> um so how does that fit with your how does that fit with your philosophy
1: there's there's definitely elements of the coach award that that I deliver with less enthusiasm than other elements, mm-hmm. I think, um, and I try really hard not to let my own biases affect the way people are on my course. But at the same time, I think people that come to courses from me know what I'm about, if that makes sense. They yeah. and have chosen. My approach, um, and so, so yeah, it is. There is definitely conflict there. Um, mm. There's definitely times when I'll present something, and I'm thinking, well, actually, this isn't what I do necessarily, mm. and this isn't what I necessarily always want to do. Mm. Um, but I actually think there's an there's a benefit in that honesty, and I am I try to be really honest with the people that are on my courses and say, well, actually, um, this this is current thinking. and and current thinking changes and it has changed and it will change and what I'm telling you now might be um, what is currently out there as best practice but actually keep questioning it, keep researching, keep reading and keep an open mind to be willing to change your mind and don't, I don't want people to go away thinking that just because I've said something it is the gospel truth.
0: yeah, so that's a, that's a lovely way, isn't it? You know, you're actually encouraging them to be to, to be a learner, to be an independent mm. learner, to be reflective, to ask questions, to challenge. Um, just because I'm saying this, I want you to challenge me. I yeah. don't want you to just sit there and agree with me. That's <laughs> really a really positive stance, you know, and actually it it probably creates you to work harder, doesn't it, on those courses?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah very much so. Mm. And and the more the more I run the more confident I am with the syllabus and with the content and the more I'm able to be a bit creative and to move um ideas around and to answer questions as they come up um and and to introduce subjects in a, in a slightly more creative way with a bit of luck
0: mm-hmm. that's, that's nice I uh, like you know you always go with a bit of luck because actually <laughs> you know it's, it's not always a given, is it, that it's going to work? And no, absolutely, think-
1: and sometimes it doesn't, and you have to yeah. do something different. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, well that's, a, that's a really nice segue into, into the next question that I've got for you, is because, you know, you are, you know, um, you are a very highly regarded and experienced coach with a, a huge amount of background, um, and, you know, for me is really to dig into, so how on earth you know the complexities of coaching and the complexities that you've just outlined in your coaching philosophy how do you decide what to coach (laughs) how do you decide what to coach what are your approaches what are your considerations do you have processes
1: so it's a great question and and it's one that um you know when you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago i've been thinking a lot about it obviously and and i think the very simplest answer to it is i don't know um, it depends, and it depends so much on who's in front of me and what it is they want and why they've come to me in the first place, but I guess there's a process um, that starts with who's in front of me, so why why are they here, what do they want, um, what do they want from their paddling um, in terms of long-term development as well as what do they want out of this session today now. Um, where are they at? What, what do they feel is, um, needs working on? Um, and, and what do they actually want out of their paddle career? Is it, you know, are they competitive? Are they recreational? Do they want to be paddling at the top end of, I don't know, whitewater canoeing at, at the boundaries of what, what a canoe will do? Or are they really happy going out on long expeditions on sort of grade two? and and just want to be really confident paddling a loaded boat for example um so so yeah it's it's about finding out where they're going and then how this episode fits into that long term for them
0: okay so a huge amount of information gathering initially about about their requirements let's say you know requirements what their requirements or the needs are and then you know what do you do then because if that's their needs you need to understand the, the, the demands of the of the discipline or the di- demands yeah. of of the requirements so how does that how does that work now
1: so i guess from there it's a case of having a look um and just getting them getting them in a boat but on a board and having a paddle and and seeing where they're at seeing if what i'm seeing matches up to what they've said um and, and trying to work out what is the one, the one overarching big thing that's going to make a difference. So looking at the whole paddler, is it, is it something technical, or actually, more likely, is it something about the understanding of the environment, or is it something about the psychology that's going on, or is there, are there physiology um, issues? So with open canoes, um, I, do, I teach a fair amount of women in open canoes, and obviously, a, a relatively small and light woman in a 16-foot boat, it, you know, there is physiological things that can be done and things that potentially can't. And and it's a case of working solutions out that are gonna work for that person. Um,
0: and would you, would you say there's such things as a silver bullet?
1: It would be great if there was, wouldn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you, you, you allude to, you know, you're, you're trying to find out probably the most, you know, the, the thing that will make the biggest difference. Um, well, a
1: good day. On a on good, a good day, day you find it and and it just all falls into place um, sometimes it doesn't you know that's that's life isn't it and you've got to think of something else what's the next big thing uh, or what is it that I missed. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really nice to hear that sort of you're you know very humble in, in in what you're saying there is you know actually this is a relationship and some of the things sometimes are going to work really well. And other times they're going to fall flat on their face, but that's yeah. OK. Um, because if you've managed the relationship well, then there could you've almost managed that expectation, haven't you?
1: Yeah. And, and I definitely have conversations that go along the lines of, bear with me a minute. I'm just going to try something and this really might not work. But if it does, it might just be the thing. Um, okay. And yeah. And it's nice when it does work.
0: Yeah, it's, it's lovely when it works, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, list, listeners might be sat there going, "Okay, yeah." Whether well, they're driving along in the car, listening to this on the on the radio, or or sat at home, um, what advice can you give to other uh, other other coaches, maybe less experienced coaches? Because you know that's that's a that's a that's a huge amount of experience you've got that you draw on. So, you know, can we can we put it into probably more Palatable bite sized <laughs> chunks for maybe some, you know, what should they concentrate on, the, on as they're coming through their coaching career?
1: I think the biggest bit of advice I could give is give yourself time to think. Uh, and I think that's something that we all struggle with because there's almost inevitably a time um, constraint on what we're doing. And, and sitting there being quiet, you feel like you're not doing your job. But actually, sitting there and being quiet and watching and listening is the most important thing that you can do because you won't you won't work out what's actually going on until you actually give yourself time to do so mm.
0: and you'll probably jump in too early with actually mm. with probably not the right amount yeah. of information jumping in too early and doing almost those micro cor- corrections that
1: yeah, yeah. tweaking the uh, the technical bits is really yeah you can you can quite often within five minutes see 10 20 technical bits and bobs that you could tweak but actually you can be fiddling around the edges and never actually come down to the the crux of of what's going on
0: mm. no that's true. so I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit this on this <laughs> Jen, Jenna then so go on give us some practical tips of actually um, enabling you you to get time to think what would you do on the water if you go crumbs I need time to think and you know maybe you've done you've you know, you've got a lot of experience with, you know, give us a few practical elements that you could throw at us.
1: Cool. So set in, setting a, a warm-up task or a challenge um, that takes time. So something that's not a really simple, just go and do that, but uh, go and experiment with, go and explore what's going on with, I don't know, your edge as you cross that flow. Um, go and explore what the water does to you. Um, go and tell me what, you know... Uh, what's the, the tightest angle or the, the most open angle you can get away with and still cross the flow. So that they've, they've actually got to think, they've got to play, they've got to try things. Um, and that gives you time, not only time to think, but time to watch, time to respond, to see how they respond to what the water's doing, see how they respond to what the boat's doing, and um, see how they react when it doesn't go how they expected it to. Um, and and you've got loads loads of information there
0: then Mm. yeah that's that's there's some really great practical sort of top tips examples that you just gave there jenna so the crunch question for me then is all sounds really good but you've got you know it it sounds great when you've got one person isn't it you know individualization (laughs) is very easy when you've got one person yeah but you come from a freelance uh, a freelance uh, world that you're working for centres um, and very rarely would centres do a one-to-one provision so can you can you still do that can you still be can you still come across that way with four five six people in your group
1: the more the are, the harder it gets definitely and and yes to an extent and I think then it comes down to time if you've got six people in one hour then your chances of really genuinely being able to differentiate are pretty small, I think. But if you've got six people in a day or two days, then you've got far more time to be able to do that and to, to get to know everybody and to, to get to understand what's going on. And so the way I'll tend to work bigger groups is theme it, but then within that theme, everybody might be working on something slightly different. Um, So it might be, well, we're going to, we're going to look at crossing the flow, but actually some people might be doing it forward. Some people might be doing it backwards. Some people might be messing about with what the trim does. Some people might be messing about with edge and it just depends on what it is that, that they need in that, uh, in that scenario. Mm -hmm. So, so I might set a fairly open, big task. And then as I spot something and as I start to understand what's going on, I might bring somebody in and, and change the task for them, um, give them something different to play with. So
0: there's loads of complexities, isn't there? There's lots of stuff going on, and it would almost be easy and it'd be easy just to do a standard session, wouldn't it? <laughs> And what I mean yeah. by that is going, I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z, and everyone's going to do exactly the same thing. But that would go completely against your coaching philosophy, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would, it would yeah. just, you know, and you know, for me is, you know, when you talk about, you know, the way that you deliver, that actually you really come, come alive. And I'd imagine not delivering to your coaching philosophy, you become quite despondent in what you do.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think one of the things I love about the the way things have gone more recently with British canoeing is that there is real scope for that. There's There's a real um acceptance that actually if we're going to coach well we've got to be individualized what we're doing and not run the session that i ran last week in the same as i run the week before and Mm -hmm. um and and that's really enjoyable i mean i've i've really fallen back in love with coaching over the last few years um because of that i think that's
0: that's lovely to hear and um, um Yeah it's just it's just nice that just to to see your you know listeners can't see your face and we're doing a we're doing a call on a conference but actually your face lights up when you talk about your enjoyment of coaching and it comes across really really powerful. Um, I'm interested whether we can delve into a little bit on um, uh, you talked something you talked a little bit about the technical models you you know you sort of talked about you know this is what they want and then I'm I'm seeing whether that's actually happening on the water. Mm. Do you have technical models or do you do do you have some biases with where you go, well, forward paddling has to look like this or <laughs> how, how do you approach your observation and how do you match whether it's effective or efficient for that person?
1: Yes, yeah, so that's a really good question, and I think it's it's really easy to fall into that bias of it it's good if it looks like me, or if it's good if it looks like X person who's excellent at this. Um, and I think I try really hard not to do that. And I definitely have to try not to, if that makes sense. You know, there are yeah. definitely times when I'm kind of, it, it's easy to say, well, X isn't quite working. And so it's probably why, because it usually is. Mm. Um, but, but I think given enough time and, and I guess through experience, as much as anything, you can go past that, and you can start to work out well. Actually, what's what's the person in front of me need? Rather than can I make this person look like me? It's can I make this person? Can I help them to be as good as they want to be, and and in the best way that for them, rather than in a in a trying to copy a technical template or whatever you want to call it.
0: Mm. Yeah. So you. So it sounds like you're you're almost you're moving away from those instructional books or those, the, you know, you, the, the stuff you get online to say this is how it should look. You're you're moving away from those and actually going, well, what is it they want to be able to do and how do I work with that person to be as efficient and as effective as, as possible to what they need to do? Um, Absolutely. rather than the comparison exercise so that, that's that's really really nice to hear um so um you 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 talked about a little bit about bias um let's let's get hold of that a little bit more then so you know what would you say is your you know what is your conscious bias you know when you're coaching is it something that you just need to be aware of that you don't pounce on pounce on the on the paddle at your occasion and give them this awesome new bit of stuff that you're you're totally biased towards yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah um definitely and i think it, there's we all fall into patterns um and and it's very easy to do so and i think almost the more experience you get the more easy it is to fall into those patterns because sometimes they work um, and sometimes they might work for lots of people um, so So for me, um, a classic one is supper, you know, I can almost always, it'd be really easy to say to almost everybody, you probably need a shorter stroke. Um, (laughs) But is it that, or is it actually something else that's going on that's causing a stroke that might be longer than is efficient? Mm. Um, So so yeah, it's about, coming back trying to get away from doing that and I'm not saying that I I don't sometimes fall into doing that and fall into this I know this works so I'm going to do it because Mm -hmm. it worked last week and week before Mm -hmm. um but it but I do try really hard to to pull myself away from that
0: yeah yeah it's almost avoiding the go-to the go-to um uh, uh sort of approach to 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 solving something isn't it this this solves it this this is this solves it for everyone um yeah it's just just being aware of that that's just really you know i really appreciate your open honesty to to that question jenna because you know it's something that i think it's quite liberating when you actually can you know amplify your what your coaching biases is and it's not it's not a negative it's just being aware of them isn't it um so what what is it what what are you you know knowing you as i do jenna what are you what are you focusing on at the moment what are you researching what are you playing about with in terms of your coach coaching at the moment
1: so i guess for me and particularly since lockdown happened a year ago um i've put a lot of time and and thought into trying to understand ecological dynamics better and to try and um, to live that and, and it, it's a, been a bit of a light bulb for me it, and, and I think a lot of people in, in the community of coaching around ecological dynamics have, have said that and, and it's almost as if there was something not quite right that you didn't understand and then suddenly somebody explains it and you go, oh wow, now I get it. Hmm. Somebody else thinks like this. Um, and, and so having that to frame my thinking, is making a massive difference, and I'm certainly nowhere near an expert in any way, shape, or form. I there are days when I feel like, yeah, I've kind of got this, and there are days when I feel like, I oh, I really don't got this. <laughs> mm. So, it's uh, but it's fascinating, and and it, again, it's given me a new lease of life, and and it's explained a lot of of what I always kind of knew tacitly, but couldn't couldn't explain. Mm.
0: and it's something that we started to explore together isn't it on uh, on the performance coach uh last year and for for listeners that, that might not know um and it doesn't you not, not textbook not we're not interested in textbook on these on these podcasts jenna is what your, what's your what's your explanation of eco- ecological dynamics what is your explanation of it
1: so for me the practical explanation, implication of it is about understanding the person in the context of what's going on around them. So rather than trying to develop a skill as a finite thing or a technique, it's about how they respond to their environment, how they understand their environment, how they pick up the observational cues about what's going on, how they feel, what's going on with the water underneath the boat or in the paddle. Um, and really getting them to physically understand what's going on rather than technically or intellectually understand what's going on. So I think we can get really caught up in paddle waggling and, and angles and and all this jazz, but actually when you're out there in the middle of a rapid or in the sea or or somewhere exciting, you've you've got to be able to just do something. You don't have time to to work it out and think about it. You just do something and you feel it and you get on with it. And that's and, what I'm trying to build.
0: Okay, that, that's really interesting. You know, and and I th- I'm sure that lots of people, you know, would, you know, well, a canoeist. Yeah, and you know, you're more, you know, you just you are you. You cover a whole breadth of uh, uh, paddle sport. But actually, as a canoeist, you're actually, you know, not saying about paddle waggling, There's there's more to it than that, which is which is lovely to hear. Um, so really, is the outcome what is the outcome of 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 coaching in that particular way?
1: So you get people who are fluid. So rather than than almost a robotic attempt to do what should be done when it should be done, it's about somebody who just goes with the flow, understands, but can't explain necessarily. So their their body just knows what to do, and. And it just happens and there's a joy in that movement rather than a, right, I'm going to hit this eddy line at X degrees with X amount of power on that side of my boat. And it's, it's much more just knowing, just going for it.
0: That's great, great explanation there. And, um, I'm sure a lot of people would listening would go great. I now understand, um, the basis of, uh, ecological dynamics so um, thanks very much Jenna Jenna um, really do appreciate your time um, and I'm sure the listeners have really enjoyed as much as I have uh, this podcast about you know exploring with you your coaching philosophy how you coach and what really sort of motivates you at the moment so Jenna thanks very much much appreciated
1: thank you um, so much happen- happen no, with no, no, with and hopefully,
0: hopefully we can do it we can do another one maybe on ecological dynamics <laughs> um, so thanks, for everyone, for listening. Um, please keep an eye out for other uh, British Community Award in podcasts and uh, speak to you soon. Take care.
1: Thanks very much, Lee.